Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Sona Iyembe is a parkour athlete, an artist, and a businessman from Dallas, Texas. He has been in Taiwan for 12 years. He came upon the extreme sport parkour by accident. What it is, and according to Sona, is movement in the purest form, getting from point A to point B as quickly and efficiently as possible. He has since co-founded four parkour schools in Taiwan, with a fifth on the way. Let's hear more from him about how that's going for him and his partner. For one thing, they brought one of the original parkour founders to Taiwan. One thing led to another, and then we brought the founder, one of the Yamakaze founders, back, and he said, "Look, I think you guys should go further with this. If you want to go further with this, we'll give you our support. We'll let you use our name, and you open the Taiwanese branch of the art or ADD Academy, Art of Displacement Academy in Taiwan." And what does ADD stand for?、Uh, the Art of Displacement. But it's long, so most people just call it ADD. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of something else, but never mind. That's that. Actually, we've had people come. We have people show up and be like, "Oh, my my child has、uh, really needs help." And we're like, "Well, what's the attention we, deficiency disorder?" Yes.、Right? Okay. And it's like he he probably could benefit from jumping around, but we're not qualified. Just specifically for that, were the other. Yeah,、ADD. it's not considered an ADD therapy or whatever, <laughs> or a therapy for ADD. Correct. Did you guys start mostly with little kids though、uh, in this school? Actually, this we school? started with adults. We avoided、okay. kids at all costs. Okay, okay. Because we weren't confident that we knew how to. It's a you know with kids, it's very you have to be very careful. Yes. Um, we started with adults first,、mm-hmm. and then we kind of grudgingly moved into kids because we realized we couldn't pay our bills. <laughs> we were like, okay, we, we the adults. You're so honest with that.、Okay. <laughs> well, it was true. I mean, we we started out teaching adults, and because when you're an adult, you have things in life, and it's hard to really commit to come back regularly. Yes, I know. And I know. so many people ask us, "Can we bring our kids? Can we bring our kids?" And we were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> That's literally how it started, and then we were like, "Why didn't we do this before?" Like it's way more fun. We were more. We became way more inspired. Really. And we we were kicking ourselves like, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> <laughs> and、um, from there, we realized that's what we should be doing、uh, because it's not just from the money part. It's to you feel like you're contributing to society. You feel、yeah. like you're helping kids who are shy, who don't understand who they are, who feel like they don't fit in in a regular peer group, and they don't know how to express themselves. So they come to us. And they have license to be who they are and understand who they are through this movement,、uh-huh. and that's really what we do: is not just teaching kids how to do cool stuff,、um, but helping to understand what their capability is as a young human being and what they can do, and giving them confidence. Right. And that's why we keep doing what we what what we're doing. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. When I watch your YouTube's, you know, like when you're like kind of holding these parkour classes, one thing that I think. There's a lot of danger、mm. in this now, and now that you're also you're also teaching kids, I mean, how do you let parents, you know, feel comfortable with that? There's so much danger being involved. Well, oh, actually, I've seen videos where if it's kids, they're mostly indoors、mm-hmm. and a lot of cushions around. I guess you know,、mm. right? So that that's the safety part. But when it's adults, they're all out in the park,、mm. and one thing I notice is they're all wearing these long. Like maybe like heavy material kind of、oh, um, big trousers, yeah, big yeah. trousers, which I think that's great, you、mm. know, because I think it keeps them 
you know, looks cool. Uh, well, it looks cool too, and also it keeps them from getting scratched and everything.、Mm. But they're wearing short sleeves, and the arms are like you know, you could be getting a cut here, a, a bruise there.、Mm. But、um, it seems like there's a lot of danger involved.、Uh, well, there. I think with anything, there's danger and risk involved. But I think one thing people need to realize is that with parkour, we actually everything is calculated risk. It's not oh, I hope I make this. Oh, I hope I don't fall. It's I've been training this move at a very basic, fundamental level for one hundred, two hundred, three hundred times. I'm so confident in this move that if you add height, if you add any potential risk, I've assessed every possible thing that could happen, so that even if it does, I know how to protect myself. I see. And when we deal with kids, where we we have such a strong emphasis on safety, being aware of your body, what you're capable of, foot placement, how to land properly, physically building yourself up, so that when you encounter any sort of situation, you you know how to deal with it. And that's where I think there's a parallel with martial arts. Is the best martial artists in the world know how not to fight. They know how to avoid a fight because they know how to see whenever there's going to be danger around and how to assess it and deal with it accordingly. So. It's more like you prepare for the worst, so that if it happens, you know how to deal、mm-hmm. with it. But most of the time, it's not going to happen.、Oh, okay. uh, so with the kids, it's very much the same. Like we teach them basic movements,、um, whether it's indoors or outdoors. But it's like, okay, just because you're inside doesn't mean you can just throw your body around. There are consequences, and you need to understand、um, how to treat yourself well and how to be strong, not just for yourself but for other people as well. I'm seeing more boys than girls. Yes, that. Traditionally, I guess there are more boys attracted to it,、mm-hmm. um, but there are quite a few girls who come to our class who are more proficient and learn faster than the guys. Oh, really? Yes, and I think it maybe it's because with guys, I mean, the especially with the boys, they have they can just brute strength their way through everything,、mm-hmm. but the girls seem to be more calculated. Like, okay, I don't have this skill yet, so I'm going to focus more on the technique so that I can do the same thing, but even do it better than the guy. Because the guy will just throw himself, you know, towards an obstacle, and maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't, maybe he hits his elbow, or whatever. But if a girl does, she's very, very calculated. She,、yeah. she's very aware of what her ability is, and she makes it consistently over、yeah. and over again. So good, it's really interesting to watch how they, how that yeah, works out. Yeah, good observation. Because、mm. I think you're right about that.、Mm. You know, between the difference between boys and girls. Yeah, that is so cool. When did you start the schools? The first one. The、Our、first one. First one was 2013, 14. Okay. And then we got our first physical school in 2016. So we started outdoors,、oh, and at okay, that point、okay. we had the name ADD Academy. Oh,、uh, the 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 founders they gave us their blessing to use their name, and we started outdoors in kind of Maji Square.、Okay. Um, but then our first physical academy was in Banqiao in 2016. I'm sure the kids are really benefiting from it,、mm, right? A lot. Maybe even help them with their schools. That's school one、work. thing that we've heard actually is that they're these kids that so-called have ADHD or ADD. They're now more. Able to concentrate in school, they're more focused. They because the values kind of carry over. I、yeah. think with any physical activity, you need it's a balance. Like you need to be good at school, you need to learn how to study, but you also need to move. I、mm. think that there has to be a balance of both. It can't just be one or the other. Oh yeah, definitely. And I guess that now you're so fit yourself, you got to do some kind of exercise every day, right? Uh, well, you're, you're my job is yeah. Well, my job is to move, and I enjoy moving.、Um, <laughs> So I do, I guess, train, so to speak. But even when I'm not training, I'm in the gym, you know, either instructing coaches or instructing students. And when you have, when your job is to literally go into this huge jungle gym and just play around like you used to as a kid, how are you not? Like, how are you not going to? How can you just stand there and look at a playground that you built 
and be like, oh, no, I think I'm just going to watch TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't understand that, how you have to move. Like, I've always yeah. enjoyed moving as a kid. How many instructors do you have all together right now? We are almost at 12 coaches at this point. Only 12? That's yes. not a lot. Okay. It, for me, it is because when we started, it was just me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we are expanding. Like, it's one thing that we had to really figure out is how do we replicate what we know on a larger scale? Um, and it took a lot of trial and error, took experience, um, and really looking at, you know, the best aspects of how to train coaches. That was a, a huge problem we had at the beginning. Mm. But now we've kind of got it locked. And now it's like, if you talked to me six months ago, we had four coaches. Oh, so in six oh, months, okay. we've tripled the amount of coaches that we had because we figured, we figured yeah. out how to do it. Because oh. you have to remember, we didn't, we didn't, we'd never run a business before. We didn't know what we were doing. So we made a lot of mistakes, but we learned from them and then... Uh, things that's how things exploded so quickly. Yeah. Do you have any female instructors? I have one that we're training. Okay. Um, and then we hope to get more. Yeah. But I think the biggest issue is they don't feel like they can do it. It's not that we can't find. It's like it's more like I have to convince them. It's like yes, you can do this. Uh-huh. Like you have the ability. Believe in yourself. Right. You know, we'll show you how to do it. So okay. if there's anyone out there, ladies, who <laughs> who wants a job as a parkour instructor, come find me. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, give it a try, yeah. right? You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I think it's from this that you kind of became a businessman then. Yes. So what was that like? You know, the, the, the process. What was it, it like? It was a rough process. It was very, very hard because I think I consider myself a very artistic person mm. and artistic people tend to not be very good business people. I know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> and so coming from music and being pretty much independent, like I, I was a freelancer, you know, I, I've worked on my own as a DJ, as a music producer, um, acting and whatnot. So it took a lot of really kind of self-reflection and growth. And with my my partner, Awe, like he's, even though we're very much alike, he's more business oriented and uh-huh. I'm more artistic. So we complimented each other. And because he studied business? He didn't study business. He just, some people have that. What did know, he like, study? Uh, he studied, uh, actually he, was, he studied language. He was going to be an interpreter. Oh. Yeah, he was going to be an English translator. That's a money-making um, job. Yeah. <laughs> um, w- w- what did you study when you went college? I was an engineer. <laughs> yeah. So I knew, I understood how things worked. I was very, like, if even if I didn't understand something, I would spend time to figure it out. And that's what business was. It was like, oh, okay, so this works like this. Oh, there's logic to it. Oh, okay, this, this, this. Okay, 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 now I got it. Yeah. It took me a while to figure it out, but when I got it, I was like, okay. I got it. I can picture your life and you know, just it's so colorful the yeah. way it's, you know, I don't think that 12 years ago when you arrived in Taiwan that you knew 12 no. years later, this no. is how you were going to be. No. If you told me, I'd be like, no, no, I'm doing music. I'm the music guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm the music guy. That's what I just tell people. No, I just do music. And they'd be like, okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> when did the music part come into your life? Oh, when... Before parkour, or way before. Once since I was way before. since I was six. Okay. So you, you you're someone who loves to move around, but mm. then you're also into music. Yes. When growing up, okay. and they inspire. They kind of for me they complement each other. Complement each other. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, music has always been growing up uh, in churches. Um, that Did played, you have a band? I didn't have a band, but I was in the orchestra. 
Okay. I was a classically trained violinist as a kid. I played in the orchestra all throughout high school, college. You play violin? Yeah, Do you violin, still? cello, cello. Um, I still play violin. I'm not as good as I used to be. Um, I can kind of do okay on the drums and the keyboard, but you're I'm, multi-talented. No, I'm just you bored. Are. I get bored very easily. <laughs> <laughs> I can't focus on one thing for too long. Yeah. Mm. So when you DJ, I mean, what kind of music usually? Or it depends on the, the your boss, I guess. Um. <laughs> well, it request. used to be I would. I used. I started out with electronic music, with house music. Okay. And um, this is a time when dance music wasn't like it was now. You didn't hear it on the radio. It was you had to know someone who knew someone who knew a club that you could go and hear that kind of music. Um, so that was what I was known for as a DJ. And then from there, through learning how to make music, I started to get more into hip hop, uh, into I guess what we call jazz or acid jazz, which is more like jazz with a hip hop beat to it. Um, so it really depends on where I am. Like if I'm playing at a club that is known for playing electronic music, I'll play house music. If I'm playing at a club that's known for hip hop music, I'll play hip hop music. Yeah, but it's yeah. My version, it's my interpretation. It's not like you give me a playlist and I play these songs. Okay. It's more like okay, you guys want this style. I'll give you my interpretation of that style. So it's still me. So you're doing like music production on the side, your own music. Oh, still you're making yeah. your own music. Yeah, I I still make records. I still do for like commercials, video games, like yeah, just kind of the off project and whatnot. And for a company because we we have a I I created a PR department, a media department. Uh -huh. So I do all the music uh, for our videos. I edit the videos. Um, so I still oh, have yeah. that artistic that artistic part oh, okay. that I embrace. Yeah. It's really wonderful talking to you. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no yeah. problem. And yeah, continue to do great in what you're doing. It's just amazing. I think, I think, I think we're gonna hear more about you. I mean, yeah, I I know, you know, because <laughs> um, you're someone. You you're African American. You just stand out, you know. Mm. And and yet people want to hear your story, record it, and kind of pass on. Gosh, as if you're really old now. Never mind. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Thank you. So now, thank, you, thank so you so much. Thank you. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds.